ready to go. Hello, everybody. It's another Thursday night and your fantastic trio. <laughs> We're back as a trio. We're back with you today. Um, it's myself, Sydney, in Ngum. The lovely Ngum is here looking riotous as ever. And and G's back with us this week, so we, we're grateful. We've got that She's back. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so we're back. G has added another feather to her cap. Oh, yeah? What's She's that? A new, she's a DJ now, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a what? She's got a, a, a playlist of worship songs that are really Oh, good. that's right. That's right. The Crazy G. G was it D, the DJ Crazy G? That was it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that name is hilarious. But yeah. Um, yes, guys, we are back. It's, and tonight we um, have we were challenged by a wonderful sister of mine, um, LP. She knows who she is. And she said she would like us to speak about the church and what the church does well and what the church does right. And we should, um, the challenge was, I dare say it was a challenge to encourage people and say what the church does well. So as to point people to churches because, you know, we're told in the, in the Bible to not forsake the fellowship of the saints. And so, um, we're aware that there's charlatans out there and we know that, you know, we call them out um, every chance we get because we're honest like that. Um, but I think she also felt that we should perhaps speak about the church and what the church does right and what the church does well and why we need the church um, and positive experiences um, of, of the church and, and what people can gain from belonging to a church family um because some of us myself included belong to wonderful churches i belong to a wonderful 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 church um and my church is it is a family um you know we've got all sorts of mixes of age and and um backgrounds and socio-demographic it's just so wide and varied and experiences and don't get me wrong, we don't get everything right all the time. And it's a house full of sinners, but it's a house full of sinners that come together at the foot of the cross and are held together by God's love. And that is irreplaceable. Um, and I am just so blessed and, and fortunate to belong to a church like that. And I have been for the last 10 years, um, a decade, I've belonged to that church. And it is wonderful. It's a wonderful privilege to to serve in that church and alongside the members of that church. So I believe that there are other churches like that across the United Kingdom. Um, and it would be good if we could just shed some lights on what it means to belong to a church family, what you can expect or should expect from a, a healthy church family. Um and what we did earlier in the week as well was we put out a post in the group just asking people what they loved about their churches, what their church does well. Um, and, you know, if they had to recommend their church, what what would be the one thing that they would um, say to somebody to recommend their church? 
and the responses that we got were were just overwhelming they were positive they were heartwarming and it really 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 did restore my perhaps wavering faith and belief that there are still good churches out there so I'm really grateful to my dear sister for bringing up that challenge because it's just restored my faith that God is working and and for every one bad charlatan church out there the Lord is restoring and making sure that there are at least 10 more good ones and people are finding those good ones and people do belong to those good ones so we are going to read some of those comments throughout the episode um but let's get stuck into it church good I'm going to start with you because I know you're an act church kind of girl right (laughs) guys yeah church as you understand it in the book of acts oh i understand it as church um i understand it really as what you said a family so a group of people who make the decision to come together and you know put together their um different talents gifts and you know are just willing to live a a life of obedience to God together and that would involve all sorts of things um, making sacrifices um, being able to love and help each other and you know also being able to look past their differences Mm -hmm. not by ignoring things that need to be addressed but by looking at say their physical differences Mm -hmm. and then Thinking, okay, you're a man, I'm a woman. That doesn't mean we're better than one person is better than the other, or you're black and I'm white, and that doesn't mean you know. Seeing past that to that common humanity that God mm-hmm. has given all of us, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a group of people that are just willing to come together, looking past their differences, and concentrating on the sacrifice of Jesus and the love yeah. that is shown on the cross of Calvary. Okay. Gee, you're a pastor. When you hear church, what feelings does that evoke in you? Oh, I cringe. Oh, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, uh, Naomi said it all absolutely beautifully. That's what it's supposed to be, isn't it? Where a, a, a group of people can come. You, I love the uh, memes and things going about social media that... Um, Church is for the sick, just like a hospital. hospital. Mm. Well, people don't go to a hospital. So well, people don't go to a church. They, mm. It has to be a place where they can feel welcomed. Yes. No matter if yeah. you're coming in dressed in your finery and your fancy hat with the fillers sticking out from the fancy big Bible under your arm or mm. on your way home from <laughs> a night clubbing it and you've still got your nightclub gear on. It should be a place that mm. if you if somebody is like that and passing by and feels mm-hmm. that they're being felt drawn to the church, that mm-hmm. they should be able to come in like that mm. and be it welcome, be made feel loved. Mm. And if they continue nightclubbing it and coming dressed like that, then the sisters or brothers and sisters can take them to one side nicely and speak to them in love mm-hmm. and suggest that they change their habits. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. demand but you have to feel love you have to feel love so in a church i like that g because that's so important that is so important um and as christians sometimes 
especially when we have belonged to a particular church for a long time, we can just get stuck in our ways. We can become inward looking um, and almost forget that there are some people that are new to the church. And like you say, when they walk in, do they feel welcome and do they feel love? Um, mm-hmm. Not judgment because, you know, they're coming in with their, you know, um, partying or working clothes from from the night before. Um, they they need to feel that love and that welcome and that acceptance at the point of entry. So I really, really like that because um, sometimes you hear people walk into a church and they feel uncomfortable or they feel judged or they don't even feel welcome because nobody says hello to them. So um, I'm, if, I'm gonna challenge you, if you go to a church um, this Sunday, try to say hello to somebody that you don't normally say hello to. Um, and try to look out for the newbies um, in your church, the newcomer in your church that perhaps is, or the latecomers even, because sometimes people sneak in yeah. and they really want to sneak out again. <laughs> yeah, they feel guilty. <laughs> Be that person that makes them feel, hello, like, and they're like, oh, I'm sorry I came in. That's fine. It's fine. You might have missed the first two worship songs, but you're here now let's fellowship together over a cup of coffee or how about I walk you to your car and we could just catch up and how your week was be that person that extends that hand of welcome and not judgment for oh gosh you missed she missed the first two songs again she came in late again because you don't know what it might be like for that person to actually get to church that day it might just be that one day where they've struggled or they're going through a season of struggling and for them even getting to church half an hour late is a triumph. Um, so be that encourager that seeks to celebrate and encourage um, in the face of what sometimes may be misunderstood um, and, and, and people might take it judgmentally. So, okay, so we know it's a place of, of, of fellowship and, and love and welcome. But when we think about the church what are some of the benefits that we can derive from belonging and also maybe I should just say at this point that I think we've we've had this conversation off screen so we all agree that the church is not the building so I'm just going to put that out there we've we've agreed before we came on air that the church is um, the group of believers, the global group of believers. It's not the building. The building is just bricks and mortar. When we talk about belonging to a church, we talk about really belonging to a body of Christ and the body of Christ yeah. is the group of believers all over the globe. Okay, so when, what are some of the benefits you think of belonging to Let's start with a local church family and then we can then speak about a, a global wider church family. Yeah. I mean, with the global, with a local fa- church family, first of all, they're just very practical benefits. It's around you, right? So that's the easy one. And mm. then it also helps you to get to know people. Mm. There is a social aspect to it, which is very good. We know that in the UK, loneliness is a big issue. Mm-hmm. and i think it's not just that human beings we are made to be social creatures mm-hmm. you don't get much you don't achieve much whether it be it in 
a Christian setting or secular by yourself. So mm -hmm. I think the idea of being with other people allows you to get to know people, allows you to be able to work collaboratively with people, mm. allows you to be able to learn from people, mm. you know, and to be able to also um, help others. Mm. It allows you to, yeah, help is a big thing, it allows you to be able to just help people and be helped. Mm -hmm. And by so doing, you're cultivating a culture of humility because you mm -hmm. have to be humble to ask somebody for help, right? So mm -hmm. there's just that beauty of company, um, developing humility and being able to develop your character mm -hmm. and also just accountability because, mm -hmm. you know, um, when you're with people and you say you're going to do something, people then hold you accountable, right? You yeah. develop that discipline. And also one good thing about being local, um, there's a, this is... There's two sides to this coin, really, but let's talk about the positive side. You're known in that area. Yeah. So there are things that you wouldn't do, right? So sometimes, honestly, your willpower is not enough. You need those things to restrain you. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, and a local, I think usually a local um church is very warm because they mm -hmm. tend to be smaller. So you can really get that familiarity with people and you can really become a family. So mm -hmm. I feel like when it works, it really works. And also another thing, a local church can really impact a community mm -hmm. it doesn't even have to be you know people don't always have to be christians to know that church right so for example i remember going to a conference in london and the local church had a food bank i thought that was amazing mm -hmm. because people don't have to be christians to come to that food bank mm -hmm. and initially it may look like oh this is just another thing people may not really acknowledge it but the day mm -hmm. you take that food bank away you're mm -hmm. going to know mm -hmm. so that's one way of preaching the gospel without opening your mouth Mm -hmm. So that's the good thing. And then I suppose a global church then is just, it helps you connect, right? You you, you get that feeling that you're part of something bigger. Yeah. For me, I see the global church as a real um, illustration of God's plan for the mm -hmm. earth. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the harder one for me to think about because it's so wide, right? But again, it gives us that chance to really um, reach out to people like you do what this, the local church does but on a global basis yeah. but also on a global level the church is really the solution to a lot of the world's problems yeah. so you know we're talking about issues of things like justice you know mm. you only need to look at something like a civil rights movement in america that was born out of the church many mm -hmm. people may not know that but mlk was first and foremost a pastor a minister mm -hmm. of the gospel Mm -hmm. In fact, a lot of the sort of civil rights activities that happen in America, even pre that emancipation and all that, those things were actually inspired by the Bible. Mm -hmm. Exodus was a huge inspiration to yeah. Africans who went in America. So we must always remember that the church is really um, a solution to a lot of the world's problems. We talk about racism, sexism. If we just lived according to the principles of the Bible and acted like the church, as Paul was saying, the hand, you know, like the hand cannot forsake the foot, just to paraphrase. Mm -hmm. If you looked at it like that, like each person from each culture or whatever was another part of the body, mm -hmm. like we wouldn't need all these ish things that we, we're seeing now, all these political situations or human mm -hmm. situations that always come with their own pitfalls. So I really mm -hmm. think that globally, the church is really the solution to the ill of sin in the world. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. wow that's good because you've actually really covered a lot of what I had because I've got here the benefits of the church friendships um opportunities to make a difference 
collectively as a church and also individually so whether that's volunteering or you mm. know a mission in another country because sometimes you have like sister charities or sister churches in another part yes. of the world um you know I've got accountability here like you know like yeah. you put down I was thinking a bit yeah. more along the lines of we <laughs> <laughs> taught something at church and like the pastor knows that you've been taught that and you can't then not do it in your <laughs> in your life because it's kind of like well, we've, we've done this <laughs> like, we've done you know this yes about this. why exactly going through the bible type thing so there's that sense of accountability there when you do bible study together and you open up god's word together and you explore it together you find out what god has to say about sort of everyday life situations um mm. And you're doing it as a group, so you can't then go and act contrary to what, as a group, you've discovered that God has said about that. Because the, that then is the... so true. <laughs> you know what? That is so true. That is so true. And I think that's where I love that because the accountability comes from everyone. Then from the hierarchy, you yeah. know, if you're the pastor, you're the one teaching this thing, and then yeah. you can't go and act contrary to what you're teaching. Yeah. And if you sat there and you were you were you were listening, right? And people were with you. In fact, I, I remember now um something that I was listening to. Um, there's a, a pastor in Nigeria, he's very interesting. His church are very big on teaching. And he said what he usually does, he encourages his church members, if you're not in church, there are videos, you listen and he will ask you questions, right? And I think if you're in the choir or one of like the main functionary groups in the church you have to have to mm-hmm. like he gets you to write notes <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to make sure yes and that's accountability as well yeah, yeah exactly um, start I'm, off with pearls of grace lot so i am right sharon's in the chat she's in the live stream do you hear this sharon remind me i'm going to start asking you all questions <laughs> yeah i know and um, you mentioned um um, fighting isolation and loneliness I've got here a sense of community yes. um, you know, just belonging a sense of belonging because a lot of people don't don't know where they fit today a lot of people don't know what their identity is a lot of people are really yes. struggling with identity yes. crisis um, families have fragmented families have broken up so for a yes. lot of people the church family really is the opportunity for them to maybe have like a, a a church parent or a church grandparent. I mean, yes. my situation is so fortunate because like we just have people of all ages just come alongside you and oh, you, wow. them, you just have a, a, an 80-year-old who will walk up to your eight-year-old and give them a bag, a packet of sweets at the end of the service. And they're like, yeah, who gave you that? That granny did. <laughs> But but it's that sort of relationship and it's that sort of family yeah. togetherness. I really like that. Yeah. That's and you know, then there are also social events, you know, that cater to different demographics within the church just to try and fight this issue mm. of loneliness, or perhaps as people get older and, and one spouse dies, and quite yes. often you know, there's a widow or a widower. Um, I think the church can really be a, a good anchor for people like that, or even people that are divorced. Um, yeah, be a real yeah. anchor for the children if there are any, but also yeah. um, the partners. The church can be a real church. Friends can really come alongside you. Um, and I've got here personal development. 
Ain't nothing more motivational than the word of God. Say amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. amen. See, like, guys, watch out. For her. No, that's true. That's true. And you know what, Sidoni, just on the back of that, you know, you can really apply the word of God to personal development. So, for example, I know a church where through just social connections, right, this man then begins to mentor this young boy. And so it's a good thing because he's now, of course, he's been discipled, right, with the word of God, but also he's helping him with things like career um, career decisions and so on. So, and I think, I'm not quite sure where exactly it is in the Bible, but there is that thing about teaching the, the, the young generation, right? So that is a very practical way of um, helping people. I think the church can really just show that the word of God is a living thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I know, you know, I kind of went into like American style there, but it there is a wealth of wisdom in the Bible and the Bible does make it clear the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom and I have been thinking about that that phrase that verse the last few days and it's just blown my mind open as to on so many levels how true that is because once you elevate God to the position which he rightly deserves and you can't elevate him if you don't believe that he exists so once you do that you assume he exists or you accept he exists and once you elevate him to the position he deserves which is the highest position in your life and in your mind and in your soul mm-hmm. then you start to acknowledge his sovereign hand over everything in your life and then Absolutely. you have to apply his sovereign words um and scripture to your because if he is the highest and if he is all-knowing and omnipotent, why then would you ignore what he has to say about certain situations? Exactly, um, right? And It's just completely it, blown my mind this week, but that's you know, like... that, that just such a, a good point, you know, because isn't it crazy, and I'll speak for myself here, that sometimes you have a, an issue mm-hmm. and you only think of God when you're stuck, right? Which is smart, because if he's like the omnipotent, omnipresent, why don't you just go to him first? In the first place, right? Save yourself a whole heap of... Uh, like, uh, I'm speaking to myself here, number one. Like, why do we always think that? Because <laughs> I'll be honest, for me, it's like, ah, oh, man, God can take time. You, you know, I just want it now, now, now. But then you find yourself going around in circles. You might as well have gone to God in the first place. Exactly. Like God is a God of the everyday. He's not just a God of the valleys and the trials. Oh. He's a God of the everyday mundane as well. Like start with him in your mundane. Oh, yeah. Say that when you yeah. get to your trials, he's there. You just know that he's there all along. You don't then need to start looking for him. Okay. He's yeah, not just absolutely. The, trials, the valleys. He's the God of your everyday flat walking surface. So that when I really love the that. He's there. When you're in the valley, yeah. um, he's there. Yeah. But can please read us some of the comments and some of the things that some of the ladies in the group have said this week about their own local churches and their own experiences okay. with church. Oh, my goodness. Sorry. I'm just going to scroll down quickly. Um, First of all, thank everybody who sent in their comments. So I will start reading. And so Sharon, um, who is a top contributor, by the way, Sharon said, we make excellent cakes. I want to go to that church just. (laughs) And the preaching is always direct from the Bible. Obviously, that's the most important reason to go to a church. are Amazing. Oh, my goodness. This church sounds so safe. The kids work and youth work is 
phenomenal. And then you have Dorica Eshiwani. Mm -hmm. So Dorica says the fellowship, paramount and valuable. You miss, you become sick waiting for the next after seven days. Oh, wow. So her yeah. church is like medicine, guys. Mm -hmm. And then Hannah McIntosh says a sense of being part of a community, great mm -hmm. fundraising, a sanctuary, mm -hmm. and help to grow and understand scripture more wow i'm really loving what people are saying rebecca flynn says preach fellowship community outreach mm. and then from joanna rowan um we have as a small church everyone is known and looked after mm. the teaching is solid bible-based and doesn't attempt to tickle the ears oh wow <laughs> i have a huge problem like with that. church theatrics big flashing lights and an emphasis on being entertained Neither do I value a pastor who wants to be in the social media spotlight. Our church leadership loves Jesus first and foremost and is concerned with sound teaching and leading by example, which they do exceedingly well. I'm very blessed to be part of such an amazing congregation. Oh my goodness, Joanna, if you are listening to this, please, can you come and tell us? Could you just come and leave in the comments which church you're talking about? So, and the rest of you too. Ladies, if you can, please just come and drop comments about your church, where it's based, so that if there are people nearby looking for a church, they can come out and pay a visit and just see um, mm -hmm. a fellowship with you, really. Mm -hmm. And Petula Hippolyte, I hope I've pronounced your name correctly, mm -hmm. says, fellowship, warm, welcoming community. Mm -hmm. No, warm welcome, sorry. Community outreach, two sign language interpreters. I love that. And Bible yeah. study for all. Mm -hmm. And then Sharon Suvita says, mm -hmm. family feeling, Bible-based. Wow. And we've like got... That. Yes. The family feeling, yes. Bible-based. I like that. Very important. Really nice. And then Carmen Appleby says, love, mercy, fellowship, mm -hmm. compassion, yeah. giving yeah. to the needy, yeah. grace-based teaching, spiritual gifts. Wow. Yes. And yeah. um, she also adds, it's safe to be yourself and ask questions. That's important. And then, yeah, yes. Good. So we have um, Liz Oyeleke. Mm -hmm. says, my church is Christ-centered, family-oriented. Mm -hmm. Kids and youth ministry is sound. Mm -hmm. And then Jane Collins says, we focus on worship, outreach, and discipling. Wow, mm. those are solid pillars on which to build a good church. Yeah. Yeah. Margaret Kelly, our wow. church is a small Kelly. church, Christ-centered, yeah. worship-focused, very welcoming, great children's group, midweek life group, Freedom wow. Fridays, once a month with testimonies and also evangelizing. She adds, mm. praise God. <laughs> she really loves this church. And Alice Straw. Sign language interpreter on stage during services. The mm -hmm. sign everything from the, so they sign everything from the welcome, worship, and preaching. If people that can't sign want to talk to those that are deaf, at the mm -hmm. end of the, inter at the end, the interpreters hang around and help people chat. Oh, wow. It's made the church more inclusive and welcoming in those, to those with communication needs. Sometimes yeah. a deaf minister or elder preaches. It feels like the deaf have equal representation and value in the church. They also do sign language courses to people like me. Oh, I would love to learn that. Who are hard of hearing. Mm. Lead, lead, 
um, by the deaf members who are teachers. Deaf church has been more welcoming in some ways than traditional, in my opinion, as a wheelchair user. There is a natural understanding that accessing things can be tricky and a desire to help a wide range of people with needs and adaptations. That is so forward thinking. Oh, my goodness. Maybe nice to actually bring somebody who leads a church like this to mm-hmm. just talk more about inclusion. And then Sophia Murphy mm-hmm. um, says, our leaders are a couple with eight children. He is mm-hmm. grounded in scripture and has a pastoral gift. He's from mm-hmm. Sri Lanka. His wife is Irish and has a prophetic gift. Mm-hmm. All their children have to and help lead lead in various gifts. Israel is always at the center. And furthermore, all children stay in the service and share their pictures with us at the end. We share food together most Sundays and service lasts for many hours. Wow, it sounds like it's such a good place to hang hang out in. (laughs) And Sarah Cree says, Mm -hmm. community, how they make you feel like part of the family and Mm -hmm. want everyone to be a part and be involved. Mm -hmm. Wow. Ladies, you go to some healthy churches. When I read some of those comments, I mean, I hadn't even read like, the, the the recent ones my heart just warmed up I was just yes. full of praise to God that people are in I think what stood out for me when I read those comments were um family mm-hmm. biblical um and welcome I think those, welcome. those yes. were so that really yeah. struck me yeah. um and I think if you have that as your guiding pillars for when you're looking for a church you in a sense of family and community you want I think Nguyen and I were talking about this a few weeks ago and I said you know for me church you need to do life with people in church right people in church you need to they need to come alongside you and weep with you and mourn with you and celebrate with you because for me that is that got some points here which I'll, I'll probably read later but um Giselle there's a big phrase that gets bandied about um and it's called church hurt okay <laughs> I know what is what in your understanding is church hurt and because I know sometimes as Christians we have quite rightly high expectations of people in the church um, mm-hmm. We have high expectations of friendships in the church. We have high expectations of our pastors, our leaders. And so when those expectations aren't met, feelings get hurt. Um, yeah. You know, people get disillusioned. Just explain to us what you feel, what you understand to be church hurt and also how how maybe people can navigate some of those things. To me, that is, that's the spirit of offence. And mm-hmm. you need deliverance from that spirit of offence because when people go to a church expecting a lot from the leadership and you're know, expecting the best praise and worship that, that, that they like, not what God has told the praise and worship leaders to play, but what they want, and it doesn't come up to your expectations, well, you're not there to be entertained. You're there to hear the word of God. And if it's not what you want, try to keep going to it and try to make it change to suit everybody. But at the same time, 
this phrase, a church hurts, it's a lot of nonsense because people say, oh, I used to go to church and I got hurt badly and I'll not go back to church ever again. Well, how many times have you all gone out for a meal into a restaurant and you've had a bad meal? A meal that really made you sick. It didn't put you off ever going out to eat again, did it? No, it didn't. So if you go to a church and it hurts you, you don't feel you don't feel that love. You didn't get that attention when you walk through the door. Keep going to churches till you find the one that suits you. Because mm. there is there is there is one out there for you. There there yeah. is there. But at the same time, you we shouldn't put too much expectation on our pastors and church leaders and everything because at the end of the day as well, we're human. Mm. And oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We've got problems. You know, there's been many times I've stood up to preach and I've been in absolute agony. I wanted to cry, but I put on a, I put the war paint on and fixed a smile on my face and went and nobody knew anything about it. There's mm-hmm. other times that I'm maybe worried about something else that's happening with another congregation member or a family member or something. Mm-hmm. We're human. Mm-hmm. We have problems. We have ups and downs too. And mm-hmm. you church is a family mm. and it should be and that's why i love smaller church congregations rather than massive big ones because in the smaller ones like some of those ladies re- uh, uh, said about their churches where everybody knows everybody and everybody knows what's yeah. going on and mm. you know just to look at somebody if there's something wrong with them and you, yeah. can, get, you yeah. can get up beside them quietly and be a shoulder for them to cry on or mm. you know after the service, just go to their door and say, can I get a cup of tea with you or something? Mm-hmm. Be, yeah. be there for people. That's, mm. that's what I can say. Yeah. But, but church hurts. It's nonsense. Church doesn't hurt. Yeah. Um, Gee, I think I like the fact that you shared your, vulnerab- your vulnerability there as a pastor. Um, I think my understanding of church hurt is slightly different. Of course, church doesn't hurt, right? But I feel like it's more people, the hurt that people get from an experience in church. And this may or may not be justified. Like you said, sometimes maybe people just have too high expectations. I don't know, like you expect your pastor to call you at 11 o'clock at night or so. Because some people can be borderline childish, right? Or they have psychological issues and they want to use church to compensate. Yeah. They can get overly dependent on their, their pastors or other mm-hmm. church leaders. And then if... If people don't meet their expectations, like they are angry. So there is that part of it. But I think also certain types of, you know, re- real issues that have happened to people have happened mm-hmm. in church. And I think that's my understanding of another part of the spectrum of church or what I would call real church where maybe somebody experienced bullying or some kind of abuse in a church. Mm-hmm. And I think those are often the things that would potentially push somebody out of the faith. Mm. But I also like the fact that um, we need to, to understand that in the church, we are all human, right? And like we yeah. said, we need to learn as we go by to calibrate our expectations because mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes pastors are, are under pressure to sometimes to show that they are tough, right? And mm-hmm. they don't, um, they're not, they don't always say when they have issues or they don't, you know, maybe they don't have the right people that they trust because there's this image of a pastor right Mm -hmm. and some people play into it right they want to be the the hero all the time but 
it, I personally have absolutely no issues with the pastor being vulnerable and saying, look, today, I don't feel so good. I need to sit down to preach. Or maybe this Sunday, I'm not, somebody else can, can, can preach on my behalf. But I really think that we too, as church members, need to understand. We need to also see from our leader's perspective because they are looking at the full picture mm. and you're looking at just yourself. So you need to, I think it's been in the Bible that tells the congregation to, be nice to their leaders basically and mm -hmm. so you also have to look at them the way as a child you look at your dad under pressure sometimes and you're like whoa i need to just be a bit nicer in this house to that do my chores and things so that he doesn't have to worry about me mm -hmm. so we need to care for our leaders like giselle said sometimes mm -hmm. they won't tell us because mm -hmm. they don't want to bother us or mm -hmm. whatever we need to also care for them mm -hmm. and do as much as we can to be that pleasant church that they can um would like to pastor right because it's even nicer when your congregation are easy but mm -hmm. i also believe that one way to get rid of church hurt is to have systems where there's openness there's transparency we talked mm -hmm. about accountability so it works both ways so as a leader when you look at your church like family you don't need to prove tough right you don't need to be always trying to put up an act because mm -hmm. that's where people now begin to talk, become theatrical. There is no need for that. Be vulnerable with your people. Be real with them. And I think people also, please don't be ringing your pastor at 11 o'clock at night unless it's really important. Mm -hmm. I'm begging you because there are people who do this. Don't it's always like... rely on your pastor to pray for you. Pastors need to sit down and eat with their families. No, it's. I mean, you have this thing where, Sorry, African churches, I'll pick on you a little bit, but sometimes you have people who are complaining that the, you're calling the pastor at 10 o'clock at night. You expect him to pick up for a mm -hmm. minor thing. Mm -hmm. When is he going to spend time with his family? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I just think yeah, if we no, just were more considerate of each other. You make a good point about, you know, and um, um, about church hurts. I, I see both. I see both your perspectives and, and I agree with both of you. But I also feel that if we are in a church um, and we are aiming, which is our Christian journey and the, the posh word for it is sanctification. And all that means is we're, we're working to be more like Christ each day. And if we are working mm -hmm. to be more like Christ each day, when we know that we're sin, which comes in the form of anger, ego, pride, um, gossip, slander, all the things that we as human beings are very good at, just by default, um, when mm -hmm. that abounds, we know that grace and mercy abounds. And so mm -hmm. to my mind, if we are journeying through this process and working through this process of sanctification, trying to be more and more like Christ, then our capacity to offer grace and forgiveness and mercy should also abound. So to my mind, certainly, and I'm working on this, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I try to be more gracious and forgiving today than I was yesterday. And my prayer is that by the time I get to the end of my life, however long or short that may be, I look more like God at the end or more like Jesus at the end than I did at the start. And I think if we have that mentality and it is something, it's conscious, it's an intentional thing, but I think certainly yeah. within the family of, of, of believers, if we have that mentality of sin is going to abound because just by our very fallen nature, we are sinful creatures. So sin is going to abound in, in whichever form sin decides to display itself, it will abound. 
but mercy and grace and forgiveness should abound even more than that. And if we all work to be better today than we were yesterday, then it should create an environment where, yes, we're going to be offended. But like Giselle said, the spirit of offense won't even take root because before it does, we've forgiven the person. And before it does, we've shown them grace and we've prayed for them and with them. Um, yeah. And I think if we do yeah. that, then that should, to a certain extent, remove some church hurt. Now, obviously, we know that there is evil and depravity within human hearts. And the church is made, like G said, it's made up of sinful people who come to a hospital because the church is a hospital. And so we know there are things like abuse and things like that that are going to go on. But I think this is where safeguarding and transparency and openness. Oh, yes comes in because you know the leaders have got a responsibility to take certain issues seriously and also to provide those frameworks and channels for things to be reported and dealt with accordingly and like we've heard from you know our members that gave us those lovely comments there are a lot of churches that do a lot right in terms of safeguarding I think safeguarding Mm -hmm. came up I think accessibility came up I think you know there are a lot of churches out there that do those things really well and they prioritize those things some of those churches so there are churches out there with those frameworks and my prayer certainly is that more and more churches would prioritize these things and deal with these things and have some of these conversations that perhaps historically haven't been had in the wider church that's another thing yes Um, what you just said communication because i feel like sometimes grace is also enabled so if you have a church where people are easily they are, you know they are friendly with each other and they are encouraged to communicate with with each other something like offense is very easily dealt with you know mm-hmm. because even like on a secular basis you have some people who are just you know they are open right you say something to them they don't like it they pull you to a corner they're like look what yeah. you said was not really cool and you squash it right there it's forgotten so i think that we need to have those spaces where people can question things. Mm-hmm. I feel like a church where you can question the status mm-hmm. quo is very good. And I think I've never been to your church, Sidoni, but from the conversations that we've had, I feel mm-hmm. like your church is one of those churches. I've seen some videos and you guys tackle difficult questions. You're not mm-hmm. afraid to go there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a very good thing. So when open communication is encouraged, people can be more open and honest with each other mm-hmm. and when you get to that place where people are even not afraid to ask certain questions, walls really come down. Yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, so I've just got a list here. So some of the benefits we've heard today for, for belonging to a church, you can grow your faith, you can practice gratitude, um, you can develop yes. relationships with people, there's accountability, there's a sense of peace and belonging. Um, you get a chance to serve serve others and let others serve you. Um, that's a really big thing. Jesus came to serve. We even see him washing his disciples' feet. And and the wonderful mm-hmm. thing about serving is when you're serving people, you're not looking at yourself, you're looking at others. So that makes yes. your, your burden feel a little lighter or a lot lighter. Um, you receive encouragement when you go to a church because there's, there's yes. all people been through what you've gone through or they know somebody that has. So there's encouragement mm-hmm. there for you. You learn to forgive, you learn to offer grace yes. because you're reminded that you need forgiveness and you have been forgiven by Jesus. And so you shouldn't really withhold it. Um, by belonging mm-hmm. to a family, 
you get to uncover your gifts. I mean, church is a family. So when you're in there with, I don't know, 10, 50, 20 people, somebody's going to come alongside you and say, do you know what? I think you've really got a gift for speaking. Or I think you've really got a gift for serving or encouraging others. And you're like, really? I never thought that way. Um, That's true. That's true. Or environment. Musicians in particular, a lot of them develop in church uncover your gifts, um, a chance to pray for people and be prayed for. We've talked about generosity on a local level and a wider level. Um, You know, you get to pray for people and encourage others um, and find meaning and a sense of identity and just to tackle loneliness. But it's been a wonderful conversation. I feel like we could go on a lot longer. Please, can I just um, say something? Yeah. The more you, you, you talked about the church like that on a global level, you know what just came to my head? The the last thing that you or anyone would think, John Lennon's song, Imagine. If you listen to the words of that song, it's a shame he didn't believe in Jesus. That's mm-hmm. exactly what the church is, what he was describing. That's there what the go. church is supposed to be. Back for the lyrics to John Lennon's Imagine. <laughs> I've got the tune in my head. Yeah. But... um. Yeah, no, it's Apart been wonderful- from the fact that imagine there's no heaven, that's wrong. But yeah, think so about that. the idealism that he was trying to paint. That that was literally him wanting the things of God but not acknowledging God. But it's mm-hmm. a shame because he could have. Yeah. Okay, well, maybe we might revisit this in the future because I feel like it's a lot that we've kind of brushed over or rushed over. But um, it's been a wonderful conversation, a wonderful encouragement yeah. to get us to a local church family and to get us yes. to restore yes. some faith in the global church family. Yes. Um, but yes, you, can you please pray us out before we say goodnight? Yes, sure. So, Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be together, to be the church, as we talk about the church, Lord. We just want to thank you for the gift of the church, Lord, for the idea of you trusting us in our human frailty, and giving us such a wonderful and big assignment that we need to fulfill. And we cannot do this without you, Lord, because we are just so, we are sinful. We fall every time, but the church shows us, Lord, that you have patience and you will pick us up every time we fall. Help us to remember to extend the same grace to each other, Lord. Father, it can be so hard sometimes to do the things that you want us to do. But we know that you've given us your grace. You are mm-hmm. there as the center point. But you've also given us each other. Mm-hmm. May we always recognize that. May we be humble as we mm-hmm. walk with one another, Lord. And may we always remember that you are the beginning and the end. You are at the center of everything that we do. Father, we pray that you will strengthen every local church. You will meet them at their point of need. You will strengthen the church as a global arm. There is so much coming up against the church now, Lord. We pray that you will teach us Christians how to war. You teach our fingers how to fight. You will give us the wisdom that we need to navigate the challenges of this world. And that, Lord, the church will be a true refuge to the world. Should be what, what it really should be. And we pray that as we go through this process of sanctification, Lord, when we finally meet you, you will truly be like that bride that you want us to be. Mm. Pray for the families of our church. We pray for our children who are the future of the church. We pray for parents who need so much wisdom to disciple children in a crazy world. 
And Father, we pray that no matter how dark it gets, we will always look up to you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Good night, ladies. Before we go, Julia Bennett says, thank you for taking the time to do this. Isn't that lovely? Oh, that's lovely. You're welcome, Julia. Thank oh, you. It's, it's thank our God. pleasure. We do enjoy yes. this. Don't and we? I want to say to the person at Sidonis Church, mm. challenge was accepted. Yes. <laughs> yes. And we, we thank you very much because I think sometimes it takes somebody else to you know, to, to open your eyes to something. And I'm so glad we had this conversation because hopefully some random person will hear it. Somebody who has maybe lost their faith or has doubts about the church and it will help them. Mm -hmm. Please get in touch with us, Christian Women in the UK. We're on Facebook. Um, so anywhere else can they reach us? They can reach us. We're, we're pretty much over. We've got the website. Yeah. Yeah. We TikToking. We're, 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 we're down with the kids on TikTok, okay? Yeah. We need to do... Crazy G, you, you need to do a video for TikTok. Giselle can do a a, a medley, a gospel a, a gospel a gospel session, scratch session, gospel scratching. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're on um Instagram, we're on TikTok, we've got the website, which is um www.cwinuk.org org. So um get in touch and we would love to help you find a local church um if you're maybe around one of our members um or or maybe talk to you a bit more about what you should look out for in a healthy church good night good night, good night everybody on facebook see you next week see you next week good night everybody <laughs>